Welcome to another edition of the Superflight NBA Show, your Jan Arp of NBA shows, because this show is so absurd, it's surreal. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Joe Borelli, coming at you from my studio in Brooklyn, New York. It is Monday, October 9th, 2017, and yeah, what's up, everybody? Um, lots of things going on, man. Um, band practice yesterday, which was a lot of fun, because we're playing the... Uh, New York City Marathon again for the number of years in a row. I don't know. But if you happen to be in NYC for the marathon uh, the first Sunday in November, stop by North 8th and Bedford and you can say hi. Uh, it'll be fun. Anyway, um, anything else? What's what's going on? Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Joel Embiid just signed a $148 million contract that could go up to $178 million uh, with meeting all kinds of, uh, what are they, uh, Whatever, you know, uh, what do you call those things? They're uh, incentives. If you meet all kinds of incentives, he could potentially get up to $178 million. Five-year, $148 million. Man, that's a lot of cash. Uh, and I hope that Joe Allen Embiid stays healthy and he earns every single penny of it. Because if he is healthy, that is an underpay. Anyway, what else? I tell you guys all the time about New York. I'm, I'm sorry. I do this. This is what I do. I told you before, all I do is work and go home and work more. Um, and so my life is very limited in the scope of fun. Uh, although I am really looking forward to getting out and seeing some jazz this weekend because my sister and her husband are coming to town. So we're going to go see some jazz, which is awesome because I think if you know me, you know that I love jazz. We Actually, I had a place picked out and I just found out that they, uh, they're they sold out. So that sucks. I'm going to have to scramble and find something else. Also, we could probably go see some comedy. That's always fun. There's a bunch of walk-in places in the West Village. like uh, No, not West Village. East Village. Sorry. A bunch of walk-in places in the East Village. They're always trying to hit you up for, like, you want to buy some tickets? And then you go in and they're actually pretty funny. Um the funny thing about comedy, man, I, years ago, well, I, not only do I have a friend who used to do stand-up, but, like, I've been to a few stand-up places where, you know, you go in and it's amateur night, and the thing about stand-up comedy is, if they're bad, it makes me really uncomfortable. So, I get really uncomfortable, unless there's a big crowd, and they're really good, because I just feel so bad for people who are up on stage and just dying and there's crickets and like it's it's I it it makes me uncomfortable like it's it's I can't even imagine how they feel like I've been on stage a lot I, I've done multiple shows with a band like I've sung in front of people which is whatever because I have a terrible voice but whatever like when you're with four other people or three other people on stage not all of the pressure is on you. You're you're playing in unity as one sort of machine. When you're up there on the stage by yourself speaking to an audience and it's not going well, there is nothing, nothing to take that that burden off you to like run interference for you as it were. You are unfiltered. You are there to see the ire of the crowd or you're there to be heckled and there's not much you can do about it. So I feel really bad for comedians who are not funny. It's why, I mean, I'm not funny. I've never thought about being, well, actually, doesn't everybody think about being a comedian at one point in their life? But there's no way I would ever, ever, ever have the courage to go up on stage and try and be funny. That seems like a freaking nightmare. So hopefully if we 
do go see some uh, comedy, if we go see a comedy show, they're, they're good and, and they don't flop. I would hate to see that. It's, it's horrible. Last time I went out, went out with the wife and we, we saw like a show that we just, you know, we were on the street and somebody walked up to us and was like, hey, you want some comedy tickets? And we're like, yeah, let's go. And we go in, you know, everybody's drinking and hanging out. And uh, it was a lot of fun. All of the comedians were brilliant. They were really, really good, really entertaining, uh, which makes me happy. Like, doesn't comedy make all of us happy? I think that's the whole point. <laughs> so that was fun. But I've also been the ones where, like, you know, there's it's just it's just uncomfortable. It's brutal. And I, I think anybody who's ever seen a bad comedy act can probably relate. You know, and then I always think about going to, like, um, a, a Broadway show. But Broadway shows, man, they're they're insanely expensive. I don't know how anybody, anybody can afford these things. And also, I hate musicals. Sorry. I don't mean to offend anybody, but, like, musicals suck. I don't understand why you have to sing everything that's happening around you. Really? Like... I don't like I don't walk up to people and like, hey, how are you? I hope you're having a great day. Like it's it sucks. It's stupid. It's phony. It's it's annoying as shit. I hate it. I hate musicals. Can we do away with musicals altogether, please? Except for Greece. Okay. And with that, James Hollis is coming right up. And after these messages, we'll be right back. What up? Yo, what's up? Oh, wait, we're on video? That oh, shit. Whatever you want, man. I, I meant to just call you, but hey, what's going on, dude? I answer with video. We can go We can go just audio. Either one. No, no, I just... Jesus Christ, you're fucking jacked, dude. <laughs> Toast. <laughs> nice. Can you see me? No. Oh, all right. Wait, let me put on my video since... It don't, it don't matter, man. Nah, that's fine. Whatever. Yo, what's up, dude? Face to face. Watching, uh... Watching the Celtics. Oh, yeah, I know they're they're whooping my my team. Okay. So do I still look like uh, <laughs> Vladdy? Yes. Come on. Yes. Come on. Stop it. I'm way more handsome. I showed you the picture. <laughs> you look just like him. No, 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 no. What's up, dude? How's it going? Go, go, go like this. Go like this. No. Like you're, you're arguing a foul. I'm not do doing it. that. I'm not doing do it. it. I'm argue not the do foul. It. No. 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 Like, right. yeah. <laughs> not doing it. Not Even doing you it. admitted it in that picture you look like him. Just in that picture, but not... Come on. Whatever. Anyway, what's okay, up, dude? Yeah, you, you look a little more like Peja, I guess. Oh, God. You're killing me. You're killing me. What? Dude. <laughs> Whatever. So I look European is what you're saying. You look like Peja. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I can just see you smoking a cigarette after the game and being like, uh, next game, may the coach just play. You know, I can see it. <laughs> well, I used to smoke, but I quit. What's up, man? You want to do some, uh, what the hell are we doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I looked at the wrong one. So, uh, yeah, we're doing the uh, cards, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's do the season predictions. This is so weird actually seeing you. I feel like I want to go back to audio. <laughs> no, we go back to audio. That's fine. No, no, it's yeah. whatever. It's whatever. It's nope. fine. I'm turning off. That's All right. it. All right. See, it was good to see you, man. It's good to see you. It wasn't good scene. Nah, it was good. You son of a, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Hold on. There we the go. Only reason, I, only reason I'm turning off because I will have one eye on the game. And right now we are up by 15 without Kyrie or Gordon Hayward or Al Horford. Yeah, I know. Whatever. 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 Boston, you know what? Boston's going to be good. Dude. Remember what I told you? Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? Philly's got all their scrubs in except for no, Simmons and Foles. No, no. no. Whatever. We've, done, we've done this every game. Actually. The point is the bench. 
the bench for Philly right now is uh, I Terrible. mean for Boston is no bench for Boston is really good. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna beat up on most benches. Yeah, that's true. Boston's deep. They've got a really good bench. Philly's Philly's gonna not be as good as everyone's. I'm really thinking about taking the under, like putting some money on it, because they they even dropped it to forty and a half because everybody's like betting the under, so they're trying to get even money on it. On it, I guess it's crazy. Um, anyway, dude, welcome back. You want to do some uh, season predictions? How's it feel to have your boy MB locked up long term? Oh, it feels great. I just hope he stays healthy. That Listen. is insane. I, I, you know what? After the way the ownership had been, I thought they would do their best to try to, you know, low ball. Uh, not, not even low ball, but you know, look, dude, let's be. It's a big risk. It definitely. Oh is a yeah, huge risk. for sure, absolutely. But so, here's what I tweeted out though: if if he's healthy, that's an underpay. Oh, for sure. If, if he's worth every bit of a max contract, if he if he can play even sixty five games a year on this contract, yeah, he's one hundred percent worth it. I'm skeptical, as we all are, at best. But yeah, man, five years, one hundred forty eight. That's not bad. You know, it has the the ability to go up to one hundred seventy eight. I think if he gets MVP and and Defensive Player of the Year, which by the way, if he stays healthy, are both in the conversation. Well around him i don't care how healthy he is, is you gotta win you gotta win, win wins to get your mvp oh yeah for sure for sure but you saw what he did with that team when they were on the court I, look, last year man you I mean, look you're you're preaching to the choir dude i'm know, telling you this, that when idiots are telling me stuff about well Jokic's more valuable but no, he's passing it and i say i say look dude sometimes it's just basketball and pure basketball on the court and beat him well we're talking about better well, look at the offensive rating <laughs> and in the 30 game i said look i've already said when healthy so we don't have to keep saying that point over again i right, get it right. it's a real injury scare if you I got five games of healthy Embiid versus your team with five games of healthy Jokic. I am going to destroy you in, in five games because Embiid is going to just have his way with Jokic. Hell yeah. Hell oh, yeah. Oh, but his, his passing in the offense no, is shut There's no I, but. I hate those. I know. I hate those people, dude. I'm, yeah. starting, I'm starting to really like hate those people. By the so. way, uh, Aaron Baines is a huge addition to your team this year, which I said it would that, be. But. I thought I told you. Did I tell you that? I think we, we talked about it for sure. I'm not okay. sure who said it, but yeah. I, but I, need start, I need to start taking notes on my podcast because I know for a fact, <laughs> for that, at least one, Dave Dufour, me and him had the conversation. I said, that's a big deal. And he might start. And and it was like, no. He was like, well, it's, it's, it, it shouldn't really move the needle. If he's playing, then something's wrong. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, the guy's really fucking good. Wow, I just and lost it, all respect for Dave. No, no. <laughs> no see, Dave knows stuff. I just oh, think yeah. he probably... I think a lot of people, and let's be real, who watched Detroit last year? You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of people just didn't know how good Baines really is. For sure, oh. for sure. Listen, Dave Dufour really knows his stuff. I've been trying to get him back on the show, and he's been ignoring me. So that tells you. What a dickhead. <laughs> the man knows his stuff. No, it's cool, man. It's cool. I'm just messing around. It's fine. I'll get back to him again too as soon. I just, I just, you know. I haven't had time. Anyway, man, let's talk about our season predictions here. You come, you're coming on the show. I was thinking about doing this on my own because I did it on my own last year, and like nobody wants to hear me talk for 45 minutes. So that's af- no. You know what? Take off the 45 minutes part, and you're absolutely <laughs> still. At- <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, uh, so nobody wants to hear me talk. So I'm just gonna let you go. You ready? <laughs> so welcome to the Snotty Driven Podcast. <laughs> nice, nice. You can find us on iTunes. No, no. Let's let's, uh, let's go. All right, cool. In no particular order, let's let's kick this thing off. Okay, um, give me your most improved player. Most improved player of the year. Who do you got? Um, so I don't like to do second year players as. Uh, so you, I'm gonna tell you right now, I but did you not know that's do. who always gets it. Which it, they shouldn't, and and I don't think they do, and they really they really shouldn't because like we expect players to get better between their first and second year, and they get yeah. more minutes, and usually look at the per the per thirty six. 
So let's hope. I hope a second-year player doesn't get it this year. Okay. Um, who do I want to pick for most improved? I thought you studied um, for this. <laughs> I did not. I did not prep at all for this. Oh, you know what? I'm going to be a homer. And yeah. I, I really, but it, it's a good answer. Though. I knew it. I know I, this is coming. Don't tell me. Jalen Brown. No. Oh. Second year player. Second year player. Okay. Marcus Smart. Oh, all right. All right. I think Marcus Smart might get his points up to about 13 points per game. Uh, and he's going to shoot a lot better from three, hopefully. If, if the preseason is any indication, he's really seen it to work the kinks out of his shots. I was actually, he was on, Marcus Smart was on my radar too. I really thought about doing Marcus Smart, but. Yeah, I just think that I think with uh, with the guys gone, every Bradley gone, and you know they they've they've made room for him. He's yep. going to have a bigger role. He's going to have a more consistent role. At, and if he can hit, if he can hit league average from three and average 12, 13 points a game, and this team might win, you know, over fifty games. And he's he's going to he's going to be the spotlight just because Gordon Hayward is there and and um and and our guy Kyrie is there. You know, the team's going to have a lot more shine on him. So yeah, I think he's in the running. I think that's a good pick. I. Uh, if if the you know as you mentioned if the preseason is any indication he's been getting his threes up man and they're they're hitting he's hitting like crazy he lost what 20 30 pounds 20 pounds yeah 20 30 30 pounds he was a fat ass no i'm kidding but he lost 20 pounds and it's really helped his mobility you can tell i mean he was good before I'm, I'm watching the game today, and he just he made this finish on the break where mm-hmm. uh, Amir Johnson was running the oh no it was uh, actually. Uh, kid, kid from Duke. Yeah, Oak is running to the rim, you know, waiting for him. Yep. And he jumps into his chest and he does like a double clutch. It's, a, it's the most acrobatic, forceful finish I've seen from him since he's been a pro. And you know, he, he finished the play, no foul call, but he knocked, he knocked, you know, he knocked Okafor back. It was a really nice play, man. And he, I think he's already drained like two or three threes this game already too. So it's he well, looks like a different play. He looks like a different play right now. He does. Well, that is against Okafor, so you know I'm pretty sure my my nephew could score against Okafor. But anyway, listen, <laughs> and he's 12. So most improved player. Should I give you mine or should we just keep going? No, good. All right, this is dumb because <laughs> I've really thought long and hard about this. I thought, oh, oh Gary Harris, maybe. That's or, not bad. Or Rodney, or Rodney Hood, maybe, because he's going to get a lot of time to shine. Gary Harris. That's is, actually a really good one, yeah. Gary Harris. I think Rodney Hood is like, Gary Harris and Rodney Hood are the, the two guys that everybody's looking for. For me, I went Jamal Murray because, yeah. I hate it, dude. He's a no. second-year player. I know, I know. But, man, he didn't get any minutes last year. And yet, like like you just said at the beginning, the guys, and it's it's dumb, the guys that are second-year players tend to get this award because just because they get more minutes. And I think, they, are we sure? I'm going to look this up. You keep I, talking. I don't know. I'm right. this behind you. Jamal Murray, he didn't get a whole lot of minutes last year. He had some injuries, but when he did play, he was really dynamic. He's gonna. I think he's going to get the starting nod over over uh, Moutier this year, I believe. I would think. At point? And, yeah, I think so. I mean, he, he seems more of a uh, natural two-guard, but I think they might start him at point. And if he does that, and this team excels like I think they're going to, I think they had the third overall offensive game, or the third overall points per game something like that i think the third overall rated offense last year if if everybody's hitting this year man and it opens up the floor for him i i think there's a good chance actually no it's probably not going to happen because he's on the same team with gary harris and it'll it'll just he'll overshine him but still i'm calling bs on your thing about second year players Morelli, go ahead give me give me your uh so giannis won it last year who won was third year player. last year right it was a third or fourth. Giannis has been leaked for a hot minute, dude. I think this is his fourth year this year, so I think third was maybe it was his fourth. Go ahead. We'll go okay. CJ McCollum the year before. That okay. was not his second that was, year. Well, that's because he spent the first year year with injury. That technically was yeah. his second year. Mm, okay. Okay. J- Jimmy Butler in 2015. 
That was not his second year. He finally got playing time. Because okay, he's it's coming off the bench. Year. Well, still, but it was like his second real year starting. No, you can't just change well, what second whatever, year Well, whatever, I'm just saying. Dude. You get um, Goran Dragic in 2014. I do not think that was his second year. Uh, that that means... actually might. He came over late from Europe, didn't he? Mm. And I'm pretty. I probably, me, what year is this for Paul George? Uh, Paul, he, he was drafted in 2010, so this is his 17. Okay, he he, he won in no 2010. He won in 2013, so that wasn't uh, his third year, though. All right, fine. So yeah, I don't think I think almost everyone thinks like me. Second year players, you get more minutes, and you're you no know, naturally getting better. Right, and you know, so you you should have a, a nice little bump in in your game. So. So go ahead though. You say Jamal Murray. All right. I, it's a stupid pick. It's a it's a it's a dark horse candidate, and I don't know. I, I had to do something. I was like, I got to pick I'll, somebody else, and somebody that nobody else is going to pick. <laughs> so, I liked your first two picks a lot better. All right, you're probably right. Me too. And, and you know what? I'm gonna go with my dark horse pick then. Go ahead. I'm gonna say this: Alec Burke. Alec Burke, if he can really? stay healthy and, and play 65 games, because he's a really good player. He's just always hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say he's healthy and he, now he gets minutes and he plays like 65. And he averages like 12 points a game off the bench. That's a that's a big deal, and he has a good chance because I think you know so far it's been all about potential with him. And if he can stay healthy for a whole whole season, yeah, that's not a, that's a pretty that's a definitely dark horse candidate. Yeah, <laughs> not, not a bad pick. I would never have guessed that one. No, I, no, this is fun. I like I like like this is a good thought experiment. Let's think. Oh my goodness, who else can we think of? Um, no, it's true. One it's, more. It's, can you it's give me one more. All right. Uh, should I give you one more? Um, who else was I thinking? Uh, I actually was thinking Jalen Brown, but uh, but Pat again, Beverly. second. Pat Beverly. That's a good most he's improved. Good, well, because he's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, I think he's when he gets a lot of minutes, he can actually shoot very well. And I think he's going to be a really good player playing off Blake Griffin. So let's say, what if he averages thirteen and five? Okay. As a starter. That would be a, a it would be a fair improvement. I think the thing is like people are expecting him to improve or expect his numbers okay. to inflate that's, a bit. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. So I, I think what we're looking for when we say most improved is probably somebody who just takes a progression that we thought they might have but didn't really see coming. I think it's more of a of somebody jumps out at you like they've really taken a huge step forward. You're, you're right. It, yeah. It's it's usually the guy who like you just said like uh, first year as a starter and you know. Year three or four, so their game is really starting to grow. Right. So yeah, you're right. Not Pat Beverly. Um, yeah, that's fine. We we we. I think I like your Rodney Hood and your uh, your Gary Logan Harris. Gibby. Yeah, I Gary think it's Harris probably going to be like honestly. Those. If I really had to put money on it, I'd probably say Gary Harris. He's going to be really in the spotlight. You know what? Oh, the yeah. reason you know why he won't. You know why he won't? Why? Jokic. Because yes, <laughs> the, the narrative is yeah. oh well, he's playing with Jokic. Yeah. 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 I'm with that. So. All right, let's move on. We got nine more of these. We're gonna. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Let's go. Who do you got for rookie of the year? Um, I gotta go, Dennis Smith Jr. Man. Uh, really? I know that you. Yeah, I know your boy is Fultz, and your boy, especially Ben Simmons. I think has been a front runner. I know people are really high on Lonzo Ball. Yeah. I just think that would be fantastic. I think once he gets into his groove around December, January, we're talking like, and me and you know, I think Dave DeFore is gonna agree with me here. I said he like 19 and eight, almost. Really. Oh, yeah, I think he's going to be just dynamic, dude, and as long as he stays healthy. You know, it's funny. He was third on my list, actually. But I think Dennis Smith Jr., yeah. I mean, if he's starting, man, he's going to have a great year. I, I, that's a really good, really good call. Um, and it's odd be- because, you know, the coach uh, – pop, uh, not pop, sorry. Um, 
Carlisle. Thank you. Carlisle. Boy, you know, they're both in Texas, whatever. <laughs> Carlisle does not like to start rookies, but the fact that uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is like already got the starting nod, that's that says a lot. That speaks volumes. You know what it says? It well, says that we, we realize that we haven't had blue chip talent here forever, and we know we're not a very good team, and this is Dirk last year, so we need to start developing for the future. Yeah, that's true, and it's smart. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Also, you know, I think he's got a lot of guys around him that are sneakily better than people think. I don't think – I think Dallas is, like, just on the outside of the playoffs this year. Um. Yeah, I think, what, 39 wins? Yeah, I think that's something around there would be probably right. Yeah. But, yeah, I could totally see if Dennis Smith Jr., man, if he if he gets them to 39 wins, hell yeah. He'll, he'll probably – he'll definitely be in the top five for rookie of the year, I think. And of course, we gotta we gotta say Kyle Kuzma is gonna oh. be in there because he if he plays anything like he's playing right now, he's yeah. he's actually one of my top. He's he's up there too. Yeah, he's been putting up crazy numbers. Uh, it's insane what that kid is doing right now. He's a really dynamic player. He's a really good cutter, and he just finds the rim. And and when he finds the rim, he finds guys around the rim too that he can pass to, like dump off passes and stuff. And he can hit from outside, man. I don't know how he slipped in the draft, but I know there's a bunch of other teams that are kicking themselves or not taking him well it's because he couldn't shoot in college but he uh, how do you find your shot like that from from college to the pros in just what four months now he's shooting threes i don't get it and not just like well see here's the thing we do i think this there's gonna be a lot of regression once the season starts yeah right? i he's, agree totally right right now he's fresh he's playing against you know they're just it's summer league it's great once the season starts and his, you know, the 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 wear and tear on his legs starts, the it's gonna wall. be a different ballgame. Yeah, yeah, rookie wall, about real defense, real, def- yeah. real defenders. Yep. You know, it's gonna be a different ballgame. So it's this is fun, and I think he's still gonna be great. I, I don't believe this is who he is right now. Yeah, I agree. You're not gonna believe who my rookie of the year is. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, give me what conference? Uh, you're watching the game right now. Oh, all right. So yeah, obviously you think your boy's gonna win it. Ben Simmons, baby. Listen, yeah. I just I just think that he's such a talent. That guy can get to the rim at will and he passes like so few guys in the league. He's his court vision is unreal. He can't shoot, and this is my one worry. His shot, it's not just that he can't shoot. I mean his he's got a I don't even know if it's a hitch in his shot. But he's not very comfortable taking the shot. It's not even that, it's that He's afraid to take that shot. He's he's scared to death to shoot, and that worries me a bit. I think he's going to impact the game a lot on defense. I think his defense is going to come around. I think his uh, his handling the ball and his passing is totally going to translate. His getting to the rim and finishing through traffic and getting to the rim is totally going to translate. The the one thing I worry about is that shot, man, and I I just think that if he can get any kind of shot going this season, it's going to just lock it in. It's a no-brainer. So Plus, he's going to have Embiid there, who he can dump to. He's going to have J.J. Redick on the wing. He's going to have Fultz on occasion. He's going to have Sarich. He's going to have Covington, who I forgot. How, how dare I? I, I love Covington. And yeah. And so, Co- go ahead. I was going to say, what kind of worries me about that whole thing, and I, I hope they don't do this during the season, he's so bent on, you know, he's the point guard. Being the point I'm going to be the point guard. That, it, look, that's the whole thing about the positionless revolution, right, is that the there is no position and that when you got other ball handles on the floor, you give the ball up and you move around and you make yourself valuable that way too. Right. I just don't like Embiid is great. And I know he's not a great passer, but he should have the ball in his hands making plays. And so should, you know, Fultz should have to be in the court getting his reps too. So um, 
I don't know. I know that Philly does run a good offense as far as they do want. They they understand it's you know we want to get to the rim and shoot threes. That's fine. Yeah. I just yeah. There's this whole thing about I'm the point guard. You're a basketball player, bro. Just yeah. you know play ball. I know it worries me too a little bit. I, I I'm a I'm a little bit hung up on the idea that he's a little bit hung up on that idea. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. It's something that's I've I've noticed it inordinately from it, and you know I guess maybe Brett. Yeah. Maybe he's just towing the company line because the coach is drilling into his head. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. They shouldn't be. That's the point. Maybe that's uh, that's Simmons towing the company line from Brett Brown, who's been you know adamant saying he's going to be our point guard. And yeah. we all know it's like whatever. So I, it'll be interesting to see because he's he's so talented everywhere else, right? He's an athlete, right. long armed. He shouldn't be contrary on being a point guard. Contrary on being a great basketball player. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's my only concern about him. But other than that, man, I think he's got enough weapons around him. I think the the idea that. Uh, I, Embiid is going to be there, hopefully most of the season. Sarge is going to be there. Covington's going to be there. J.G. Reddick's there. He's going to have enough guys to dish to, and his passing ability is really going to translate. I think, I think he's not a shoe in but I, I'm really looking forward to see him play this rookie year. Also, he has the benefit, like we were just talking about how guys hit that rookie wall like 60 games into the season. He has the benefit of being in the league for an entire year and just getting to watch, you know? Uh, see, I... I to me, I don't think that matters as much as people make it out to be. Because unless you're actually playing, being around the team doesn't matter. You know, I, 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 unless you, we we all know there's no conditioning like actual game conditioning for the right. NBA. Right, right, right. So like this is really good. This is his first year, and like sure, um, it's almost different because he didn't have at least you know they played through February March in college, mm-hmm. you know, and it was last month's game. He hasn't played consistent competitive basketball in in you know a year and a half. So, well, no, I think he's, he's been playing all summer, and since the I think this spring he actually started playing on five on five playing. That's five not on the, five. it's not the same, man. That's true. It's, not the same. it's true, but I mean, like he's had the he's had the benefit of being around the guys and being you know playing pickup with them and stuff. So I don't know. You're right. He hasn't played a full season, and it's probably still going to hit him to a certain extent. But he does have the ability. You know, he has the uh, not the ability. He has he has the benefit of being around it and seeing what goes on and seeing how to treat your body. In order to get the most out I, of it. I get it. That's the argument when people say, like, Blake Griffin wasn't a real rookie. I get that argument because, sure, they've had a year with NBA trainers, right. a year with NBA chefs, a year. And I, I do understand it. But, like, the definition of a rookie is playing a professional basketball game. Right. You haven't. Right. So it's, it's, it's all. Yeah. But, sure, you're right. Um, he's going to be great. I just don't know if we know rookie of the year usually goes to big counting stats. Yeah. And. I don't know if he's going to have those counting stats playing with Embiid and other guys, you know. So, let's let's talk real quick about Lonzo just because we're on the rookie of the year. What do you think his shots of of winning this are? Because he's looked not good lately. Um. Well, I think it's it's still he he has the edge right now just due to narrative. Mm-hmm. He's he's already you know they love him. Uh, he he already the whole thing about even don't when you think he's not Kuzma's kind of taking that over though. No, Lonzo's has he's been percolating for a year now, and yeah. with guess what? Even when he's on the court, we're going to see it. Like, oh, my, my guy, Coach Nick, is a uh, B-Well breakdown is big for this one. Um, even when Lonzo's not even playing, it's oh, you can see the Lonzo effect. Yeah, the teams all they're sharing the ball. He's just he's changed <laughs> the whole culture. Um, yeah. it's a disgu- it's disgusting how people fawn over him, and yeah, I get it. Yeah. He's he is going to be a good young player. I we don't hope. know if he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be great. I right. just think he's going to be a good young player. These, I mean, they act like, you know. It's a, yeah, it's he, a little much already. It's Yeah. So I think he has that edge already, and that's, I don't know how big an edge it is, but he, he already does. He already, he's, he's ahead of everybody else because he's, he's so advanced. He's an advanced passer. So. All right. We'll see. All right. Yeah. All right. 
How about defensive player of the year? Who you got? It's a two horse race. Go ahead. Uh, between Draymond and Kawhi, mm-hmm. I think. Um, the only like KD was so great in the finals, and I it was continue to be a really you know impactful defender. It's it, defensive player of the year is so different, right? Whoever has the most moments is going to win it. And I think Kawhi just being on the island by himself in San Antonio, you know, relatively compared mm-hmm. to playing with all the stars, I think he's going to win it this year. Okay. So you don't, you don't, so here's my thing. You don't, let me ask you this. What do you think about uh, Rudy Gobert getting defensive player of the year? How do you feel? About I, if they make the playoffs and approach 50 wins, I definitely think he has a, he has a, he has a uh, a chance, a good chance, because we know that the the analytics crowd loves him and mm-hmm. they talk about his rim protection as they should. He's he's really good, right? I just know that the perimeter defense, I think, is a little easier for even like the casual voters to pick up on. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, I, I'm with you. Here's my thing. I almost went Gobert, and I'm like, if they get to 50 games, it's going to be all on the back of his defense because their offense is still not going to be great, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. So if they get to 50 games and they get in the playoffs and they have like a, I don't know, six seed, it's going to be on his back. And so that that could still be the narrative. That could still happen. But for me, I'm like, who gets it? It's wing players. Like, people don't really think about the center position anymore. It's way more important because Gobert, as great as he is on defense, is not really going to guard the wings. And the game has gone so far away from the rim. It's all shooting now. To see a guy lock down on the outside and stop three-point shooters, that's what the attention is going to be on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that gets whatever the highlights, and he'll get a lot yeah. of blocks. Yeah, you know, and I love Gobert. I think he's a defensive, you know, and an, uh, like once in a generational defensive talent. Him and Embiid, man, those two are incredible at what they do. Um, but I just think that it's going to go to a guy. And you ready for this? <laughs> like Andre Roberson. Who's, uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I like this. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking Andre Roberson might have a good shot at it. He's already one of the best wing defenders in the league. And because he, he has Paul George next to him now, he has another person on defense that he actually can rely on. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to help him freelance a bit on the defensive end. He doesn't have to spend any energy on the offensive end. They've got Paul George, Melo, Westbrook, and even Steven Adams to some extent. I think he's just going to be able to hone in on the defensive end and stop guys from getting those threes. I think it might be his sneaky kind of year. I don't know. It's probably a crazy guess, probably a crazy pick, but I like it. It's it's not because I think he was right up there. I know Kawhi is bigger and Mm -hmm. probably more consistent and – um, but I think defensively he was right behind Kawhi as far as the perimeter defender last year. He was amazing. He mm-hmm. did some incredible things. So I think, like you said, without having to worry about anything offense, I then having not having to worry about two guys like Melo and Paul George. Now they're on this team, right. not defending them. Um, yeah, it, he has he has a he has a shot, man. It's it's all about especially when, if they win. Let's say they they overachieve. Cause I don't think a lot right. of people see them. I think what they say low fifties. What I'm hearing for. Mm-hmm. The over under for for OKC, see games. It's a different ball game, right? And then he's gonna get a lot of credit for that, as he should, especially right. if his on off numbers look great. So, and that's the thing too. Like all of these awards are, they're handed out to the best teams. They're handed out to teams who overperform basically as a total. So yeah, it's easy to pick out individual players. And by the way, there might be some fo- voter fatigue to give it to Green, you know, Draymond Green. I know he's only he's only won it once, right? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> I could see how people would be like, "Nah, I don't give it to Draymond Green again." Like the team's too good. So I, I'm, I'm going with Andre Robertson. 
Rub so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let's say Philly. Let's say Philly does sneak sneak into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And let's say your boy Embiid and plays sixty five games. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna get like the sixth seed. And let's say he is just as good defensively last year as he was this year. He could be defensive player of the year. He'll definitely make the All Star team. What will it take for him to be deep boy? Playing. It would take him playing. Honestly, he's that big of a game changer. He's that big of a swing from from being on the court to not being on the court. If you look at the numbers last year, when he was on the court, I think they were a top a top twelve defense, I think. Actually when he was the minutes he played, they were like a, a top three defense. When he was off the court, the team was abysmal on defense. Oh yeah. He I know. made that much of an impact. It was also the same thing with the offense too. It was the the impact that he had last year as a rookie in 30 games was like unlike anything I've ever seen. Do you know Brett Brown, by the way? Just I'm sorry, I'm gushing about Embiid, but Brett Brown today came out and said that uh, after Embiid got this contract extension, he was like, he's like a guy who can just listen to a song and play it, but do that on the court. I was like, that's that's pretty good, man. I mean, he played, he was better than any rookie that I've been. Sure, I mean, LeBron's a, LeBron's a different kind of animal. Right. Perimeter guy's a different animal. A rookie big doing what he did, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, it's it's unprecedented. So honestly, to answer your question, I mean, if, I think if you get if you get 65 to 70 games out of him and, and they finish in the top five in defense, which is wholly possible with him on the court, I think there's no way you can't give it to him. Well, I'm well, in. I mean, I'm there's in, a way, but. I'm in Embiid Hive, so I hope he gets it. Yeah, me too. I, I love that you're in Embiid Hive. Six man, who you got? Ooh, six man of the year. Um, this is tough, 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 tough. Yeah, this, I spent a lot of time on this one. I was like, Arr. I did not. Let me let me. We'll let you go first. All right, let me tell you this. Do you know that J.R. Smith just got moved to the bench in in, in favor of Dwayne Wade? So that puts J.R. in the six man position, which I was thinking about already. Wasn't confirmed when I was thinking about this. But that's a sneaky good candidate for sixth man of the year. My only concern is that I don't think Jr. is going to be able to play as free and loose and get as many shots when he's not on the court with LeBron James. So if he's leading your second unit, I don't know. But my sixth man of the year is definitely going to Andre Iguodal. He's one of my favorite players still to this day. Uh, he's the super sub, man. He does it on both ends. He's still a stalwart on defense. He's so valuable to that team. He does everything. He runs the point from the small forward position. And, he and he's a lockdown defender. And he can, he can hit threes. He's not the greatest at it, but he's still a dynamic dunker. He's, he's an amazing all-around player. And I think if you take him off that team, they hurt for it. So I think this is the year that like maybe they just give him a little. I mean, he did win finals MVP, but maybe they reward him for being so patient and so willing to to play this role and give because he could still be a starter on a lot of teams and maybe people consider that and give him the sixth man of the year what do you think uh i think they're just so talent heavy it's it's and he's he's playing he's such a good glue guy that people kind of just don't notice how good he is yeah and and again you know what six man goes it usually goes to the highest scorer off the bench it's not going to be him that's true you know what i mean yeah so as as valuable as he is i agree with you that's why he's a big reason i say that they're almost unbeatable because like you He's a former all-star mm-hmm. and he could still really play and he's come off the bench for these guys. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's huge. Like, huge. Like, like you said, yeah, teams could he could like you said, he could start a lot of teams. Yeah. Just, you know, 13, 4 and 4 easily, you know, just a glue guy. For sure. So um I, I don't know. I think a guy like maybe Lou Will. 
you know. Yeah. Lou Williams is definitely going to be in the in the mix because if they especially if they if they keep their winning ways, I think they're I think that the Clippers aren't going to be that far off as they were last year. I agree, and I think getting Lou Will on that team, he was also in my running. It, Lou Will on that team is going to be a huge addition for them. They need bench scoring. They finally have a bench. Um, the Clippers' Achilles heel for the last several years has been like, as soon as the starters go off, they've got nothing. Right. And he's, I think he is everything that people think that Jamal Crawford is. Yeah. Because like, he's actually good. At, and at... Jamal Crawford is over the hill. I he love was... Jamal Crawford, but man, like five years ago, Jamal Crawford was insane. It was, it was, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, a pure score. As a no, pure no, score. you're absolutely right. Yeah. No, that's my thing. Like, cause last year I think he averaged like, like 13 points on 13 shots a game or whatever. He was just gunning dude. And yeah. he, it wasn't, he just wasn't very good. Why? Um, it just doesn't really, I just, I'm not a big six man of the year fan. I don't really care. Yeah. It's a dumb award. Finish. I mean, all these awards are dumb. Like I made up a few that we could talk about that aren't actually the awards. So let's move on. Most improved team. Here's one of them. Most improved team. I'm going to say probably the Timberwolves. Ooh, I was thinking about the Timberwolves too. Give me the your Timberwolves. Reason. Uh, just I mean, for simply the for the yeah, yeah. So for the fact that you know when you add Jimmy Butler and you get another better should be a better uh, Towns and a better Wiggins, uh, and it's it's true they they should go you know Taj Gibson and, and the guy we just talked about Jamal Crawford they should go from what they win last year I don't know thirty something yeah. maybe. I think it was 38, maybe 36. I don't even think it was that high. I'll, I'll look it up while, we're, while I'm talking. 32? Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, they, they, they go from what they were last year. They were, they were pretty bad. And they go to, I think Jimmy Butler himself is going to be worth, you know, 10, 15 wins. They're going to be better. They're going to be much better. After they're gonna, they should win in the, what, maybe mid, low 50s, mm-hmm. you know, or high 40s, high 40s. I would think, I, I got them around 44, to be honest with you. I don't. I think they'll be good. I just worry about their de- their depth on the bench, as we were just talking about before with the Clippers. I worry about that bench. Who do they got on that bench? Anybody? Jamal I mean, Crawford, baby. Yeah, the guy who just <laughs> averaged 13 points and 13 shots last year, right? And the other option, of course, is going to be the Nuggets. That's who I got. But here's the problem. They they were just missed the playoffs last year, so they won, like, what, 40, 41? Right, and I think they're going to make a huge leap this year, to be honest with you. I think, honestly, I'm not, you know, Paul Millsap on that team is going to be Paul Millsap's best self. That's like the perfect position for him to be in. He's going to cover up everything that Jokic doesn't do on the defensive end, and he's an offensive threat. People forget that that guy can hit the three. He's a tremendous defender. He's going to be so good for the number three offense already. I think it was the number three. I got to stop saying that because I should fact check this before I say it. But for an already potent offense, he's going to add another dimension to that team. They're going to get, I'm looking at like the fifth or sixth seed for them. And I think that improvement is going to be, I mean, this is no real award. This is just what we think. I think that's going to be the most improved team this year. So so you weren't talking about wins per se, just what team is the best. Just team. Yeah. What team is the oh, What team okay. takes the best what team makes the biggest step in your mind? Okay, because I, I, I also they had won the Sixers 40, in there too, but <laughs> they, they, won, they won forty last year, and that's the Nuggets. So right. what do you think? And they missed, they I think they win fifty-two. Okay, and then last year, the T Wolves won thirty-one. Oh wow, that's way less than I thought. Yes, I, so that's what I'm saying. If they win forty-five, dude, which I think the Tim the Tim Wolves definitely win forty-five. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a pretty big jump, but that's I'm just going by that's going by this the winning percentage. Well, let so me ask you this. this: Who do you who okay. do you trust more in the playoffs? Um. Oh, Jimmy Butler. All right. Well, then I guess yeah, I, the Timberwolves would be the team then. Huh? 
No, I, I love Millsap, and uh, he's right there. But when it comes to playoff situations, guys who can have the ball in their hands, like Jimmy Butler, he can just basically be the de facto point guard, right? That means more to me than a guy like Millsap, who can handle the ball a little bit, but he's not going to initiate your offense, right? Right. He's and Jimmy Butler has proven, you know, if you need a little ISO bucket and uh, seasonally manufactured, he can do that. Yeah, so that's I, I get Millsap, the Millsap love. Obviously, I think he's great. I just think that Jimmy Butler, uh, when he comes to the playoffs, he can initiate the offense in a way that Millsap can't, and he can get you a bucket in a way that Millsap probably can't. You know, he's he's proven himself to be a clutch performer. So I go I go Butler when it comes to like who's just you know as far as their team improvements. All right, all right, that's fair. Let's move along. I think I, but we both had the same. We're both in the same range. I mean, we're we're both talking about the same two teams. So yeah, yeah. How about biggest disappointment for a team? Ooh, that sounds. This sounds almost mean. Yeah, it's kind of a mean award. Hey, here's here's the award for sucking the most. You're <laughs> underperforming. But um, I think the Bucks might underperform Ooh. this year. Ooh, that's a good one. Go on, do uh, tell. I- I absolutely love Giannis. I love what they're doing there, positionless revolution, all that. Mm-hmm. I just don't I don't trust Jason Kidd. And Fair. like I just think that things might fall apart for them a little bit this year and they might underperform based on at least based on their expectations. What are their expectations? What do they ha- I think Vegas has them at like 46 or something like that? It doesn't uh, yeah, well, I hear that you know, right? They 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 can challenge for third in the in the East. So I had a podcast with somebody who says he sees them taking second in the East. You know, I actually, so I actually slated them for third in the East. <laughs> there you go. Just, so that's, just because of the competition, they have. I mean, it's not that stiff right now, you know. Well, I think that, see, and that's my thing. I think that the, I think there's a clear top four in the East, and mm-hmm. everyone else is kind of in the scrum. And I did put Milwaukee right there next. Okay. I just I just feel things might fall apart a little bit for them. That's true. It could. I got my biggest disappointment team, and it's going to come as no shock to anyone, the Pelicans. I just, I just don't see how it's going to work, to be honest with you. You got Rajon Rondo as your starting point guard, right? Holiday, nope. who's going to start? Holiday? You know, you know, you know, Rondo's hurt. He has, a, he has a hernia. Well, when did that happen? Uh, it's like maybe yesterday it came out. Shit. That, he, that just blew my whole to... theory to hell. <laughs> well, no, that, I think that actually helps him. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, but so all right, so Holiday starts. But here's my here's my problem with this team. Maybe Boogie and and uh, Davis can work together, right? It seems mm-hmm. like they've been doing really well in in preseason so far. But like, who who is your small forward? Solomon Hill, Dante Cunningham. I, Solomon's out for the year. I think he hurt himself. God, so. how do I not know this? <laughs> so they're even thinner than I thought. Like I just. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you can't put Etwan Moore at at small forward because he's just not big enough. Like who they're going to have to try. Who are going to have to try? Uh, maybe. I mean, you want to talk about a super small ball lineup, but I just like, what are they going to start Crawford? No, this, I just think that like they're set up. They're a Franken team. And you know I, what? They're, they might start Tony Allen at the three. He's only Tony Allen is only six, four, right? Six five, six four. Yeah, he's 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 undersized too. Dude. I, they don't have a lot of options. Yeah, that's and that's exactly my problem. They don't have a lot of options, and I don't really believe in their coach. So, I don't know. I mean, I I, I see them being. Po- it would be great to see them succeed, but I don't see it happening. It's the coach. I don't trust their coach. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, 
let's let's jump right to uh, who do you see who's most likely to be traded at the deadline? Most likely to be traded at the Dario Sarge. Get the get <laughs> really. I think Dario Sarge. I think he's too. I think he's too good for the role they're gonna have for him. I think he's gonna re- he realizes that. I think he might. You know, I think he's gonna quietly go to the front office and they're gonna they might have to move him. You know, there was talk of him getting moved last year, so I can see I can see I why know. you think that. And he is good. He he could be a starter on a lot of teams. Uh but I think he's going to get a fair share of minutes. I think Dario Sarch is probably going to play like 28, 32 minutes a game, somewhere around there. I don't think he's going to be hurting for minutes at all. I think, and he might actually be closing games. So I'm not think I don't really think he's going to be unhappy, to be honest with you. I think it's just a matter of like, oh, are you the first one off? off you know, are you the first, are you in with the first wave? <laughs> yeah, it's easy for me to say. <laughs> No, but, like, are you finishing games? Are you playing really important minutes? Yeah, totally. And I think he'll be happy with that role. Dude, Brett Brown is, uh, like, a master at getting guys to buy in and in working together in this system. So I don't worry about Dario. I actually have Boogie getting traded. That's a that's a that's not a hot take at all. <laughs> uh, well, think about it, man. Like, as we just talked about, the Pelicans, even if those two guys can work, they have nobody else on that team. And you want Anthony Davis to stay there, right? If you're betting money, that's your franchise guy. Do you want him to leave because you can't put anybody else around him? If you could get like a starting small forward and a backup center or even a starting center caliber guy and a pick, a like second round pick, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't you try? So let's, and- let's, there's only 29 other teams, brother. Let's talk about it. Give me, give me a deal that makes sense to you. All right. Here's my deal. You ready for this? Yep. How about? Oh, I I had it written down. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Um, How about if they trade with Washington? So uh, yeah, that's the Bill Simmons trade, right? Oh no, is it? Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, he he said he's an Otto Porter and like you know pieces. Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre, marching gourds hat, and like. Maybe another player thrown in there and a and a second round pick, first late first round pick. I think they might get it done. So then you have Kelly Oubre who can be slotted in that small forward position, who has potential and can grow with that team, right? You have Martian Gortzhout in there, who's a really good underrated, undervalued player, and you can slot him in at the center and you can have Anthony Davis play the power forward position still. Those two would be a really good pairing together. I just don't think it's enough. No? Like, right. Yeah. Ubre and who else? Uh, Gortat, Ubre, maybe a second-round pick or a late first. Maybe I mean, another like, piece. Yeah, from what we've seen, that's not a bad pick, right? From right. what we've seen. Well, and the other thing is, just, like, don't forget, all these stars are getting – Boogie got traded for nothing to begin with. I wouldn't, right. It wouldn't yeah, blow my mind to see him get traded for nothing again. Stars are not getting traded for what people – people in today's NBA – Rookie contracts have become really important, really, really valuable pieces, right? You got well, you know these what? Guys on you know what I think about? Go we got to think about this though. Like, it, that sounds good on paper what you just said, but then you got to pay Boogie next summer, and you already paid. So you got like almost four guys on max contracts in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, so, but on paper, it's not bad. I mean, I know the Wizards would love it. I just I don't think that's an, uh, that's not a like Ubre's good. Right, he's good. Yeah. And then you got, but then you got Gortat, who's a little washed up. And then I mean, you so now you got Gortat and what's the other kid's name? Uh, 
Alexis Ajinka. Yeah. Who's... And and uh, the other guy, one of them, one of the guys out for the year. What's his? Yeah. Um, the other center they got. So you have a lot of money tied up in like four centers, four big men. So I don't know, man. Well, you've already got that. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah, it's Boogie though. I, but yeah, I know. But and isn't John Wall and Boogie aren't they really good buddies? You're right. Yeah. This is the Bill Simmons trade. Shit. I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made me think of it. I'm like, oh, yeah, he was talking about how they were good friends. All right. Well, anyway. So, DeMarcus Cousins, I had. Who did you have again? Uh, oh, I said your boy Dario Saric. Oh, yeah. Don't don't you dare. How dare you? Uh, now, dark, dark horse. Yeah, dark go ahead. Horse. Give me a dark if horse. Things, if things just kind of fall, the bottom falls out in New York, and you see Chris Stapps and his team going Ooh. to New York and say, get me the hell out of here. Because they did it once already. It seemed like there were rumors. Yep. Well, actually, it wasn't rumors. It was it was Phil Jackson was tr- like ship or shopping him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yep. I don't know, man. Before the draft. Yeah. Before the draft, it was top. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. If New York would be foolish to get rid of Crest Daps. I know you. Did you did you see that thing on on Bleacher Report? There, the guys had a hot mic and they were talking about how. Chris Stapps was getting bullied around and stuff. I heard it. And like, how can you be like this? You're supposed to be the star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm. um, that was kind of funny, but I have nothing else. <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with his like star potential. I still think Chris Stapps is going to be amazing. He is a unicorn. Let's not forget. Um, but that's a good dark horse. I, I don't I don't ever see that happening. I think, although it is New York, they keep bungling this every year. So you're right. It could actually happen. Let's keep that one on their on our minds. All right. The Knicks are like Lucy holding the football, and their fans are like Charlie Brown, and they keep pulling that football away. I think it's the other way around. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're actually right. <laughs> yeah. And the fans keep falling every time. We fall for it every time. Not me. Every time. every time. It's sad. How about most overvalued player? Oh, not, not most overrated. It's a totally different, totally different thing. We're not talking about the guy who, like, everybody says is good and, like, you know, but I guess it sort of is the same. Most overvalued, like teams that value this guy way too much, or fan bases that value him way too much, think that they, he's better than they are. I guess it is the same as overrated. It's very much the same. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going through my head what you're saying right now, and it's like this: you're, you're saying the exact same thing. All right, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to say, dude, and it's not because he's not good. I think he's just being overrated right now. Go ahead. Uh, it's it's Jokic, man. He's he's a I fine knew you young were player. Say it. I knew you were gonna say it. <laughs> he's a fine young player, dude. They ranked him 16th, like yeah. that ESPN thing. Ranked him 16th. You know what I mean? Come on, dude. Like he's really good. He's, he's a really good, good young player. He's really good. He doesn't play defense for a big man, which is concerning. That's the thing. But his so offensive and passing ability are beautiful. When you're a guard and you are a high usage guard and you can't shoot threes, mm-hmm. right? That's really tough. There's mm-hmm. a few guys like DeMar DeRozan and even Russell Westbrook who've made it work because they're just exemplary at something. Freak athlete, it doesn't really matter. But you got to be able to, if you're going to be a high usage scoring guard, you got to shoot threes. And so my thing is, you're going to be the offensive fulcrum and you're a center. You're going to be a you know a big part of the team. You got to be able to play some defense. And he just doesn't play defense. Right. So that's like, to me, that really is where, and it's funny how everybody else can just be like, oh, that's fine. He's so good offensive, it doesn't matter. It always matters. It always matters. You know, for especially for a big man, because guess what? Russell Westbrook doesn't play defense, and it doesn't really matter. 
point guard defense is what you can work with that. You can work with a point guard that doesn't really defend. You can hide you those I mean? guys. You cannot hide. We saw this with Julio Okafor for the last three years. You cannot hide a guy like that on defense. He has you to be there to cannot hide play. him. Yeah. I don't care how good his offense is, you know, offense is. And yeah, it's fun to watch. It's beautiful. He's an amazing passer. And that does make up for a little bit of it. But you still need to be able to protect the paint. As much as it doesn't matter these days, it still matters. Thank you. And that's so that, that as good as he is, he's still being overrated because there's no way that he's 16th best. You know, ESPN, I think, ranked him 16 mm-hmm. ahead of guys like Paul Millsap and I think right ahead of John Wall. And, you know, he's ahead of guys who have been like verified all stars and who right. have made the playoffs. So it's just. This is the he's the new the new shiny toy. I get it. Yeah, so. that's not who I have. But you're right. That is who I thought you were going to go with right off the bat. Hey, hold on. Got just because I know people are going to probably, any of your listeners who already think I'm an idiot, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying he's not maybe a future superstar. Right. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the hype on him has far exceeded anything he's done yet. And I get offensive efficiency in the team, blah, blah. There's a reason Gary Harris got $74 million guaranteed. It's because he's really good. Mm-hmm. And not because of Jokic. He's a good player. So, right. um, yeah, he was a little overhyped last year. And you all know right, what? Go. Maybe he will learn defense this year, and it will all be a moot point. Who knows? I mean, can you imagine if that dude adds some defensive ability to his game? He's going to be really freaking nice. I just don't. How often do guys, quote unquote, add defense? They don't. But I'm just you know saying, saying it could happen. It could happen. I guess. I mean, I I could get it. I can get a date with freaking Jennifer Lopez. It could happen. <laughs> well, if you do, you got to let me know. All right. How how likely is it? Not very. Um, I don't know. Do you know Jennifer? Is she in your is she in your circle of friends? Uh, I was gonna lie and say yes, but no, no, she's not. <laughs> well, then it's high, it's way less likely now. Yeah, um, my guy, and I know I'm gonna get killed for saying this. And again, just as you said, it doesn't mean that I don't think he's a really good player, and it doesn't mean that I don't think he's going to be a star at some point. I've got Devin Booker. He's <laughs> wow. You know what? You know, I respect that because. Um, it's for well, the exact same reason. And yeah, you don't need defense on the wing is not nearly as important. I mean, it is really important still. You need to be able to defend and he's a nice passer and he, he can create, he can get his own shot off. He can hit from anywhere in the court. He's a dynamic scorer. He could be a really good player. He could be a superstar. We don't know. But right now, based on one 70 point game, he's a little overrated. Everybody is like, dying for Devin Booker right now. He's like the king, or not the king's name, the son's savior. And people are ready to slot him in as the next, you know, the the hero of the sons and, and the, the franchise player. And I get that. He's, you know, it's hope. It's hope that, like, this kid could be really good. But right now, I, let's let's hold off just a little bit. He's a little overrated. No, I can, I can accept that. My problem is that because I saw people saying that he's just not good. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, he's you, definitely good. That's not yeah, what I'm saying at all. People are so – it's such an extreme with him because they're, they're, the analytics Twitter was was droning on and on about lack of efficiency. Well, yeah, blah, he's blah, really blah, not – Yeah, he's not an efficient shooter. I mean, he's a volume shooter right now. He could turn that around, you know. And For he, sure. He, he's definitely got a shot, man. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's not – he's a volume shooter. He's not a defender. He play makes a little bit not great. Um, and I just think that, like, if you're hinging your entire – hopes of your franchise on a guy who's a volume shooter and doesn't play defense just just take a second just take a second to think about this <laughs> he might be slightly overrated i'm okay with it i'm okay with him being overrated because phoenix has been so bad for so long yeah so it's no. okay 
And for that team, that's great. Like, I'm glad they have Devin Booker, and I'm glad they can take pride in him because he's fun to watch, man. Absolutely. I'll, I'll tune in for I tuned in for games last year just to see what he was going to do. So I'm not saying he's bad, and that's not what I'm saying. This is not a this is a terrible player uh, prediction. It's just I'm just saying he's a little bit overrated. How about most underrated player or undervalued player in the league? Since we've decided underrated and undervalued are the same thing. Basically, um, so uh, uh, let's think. Uh, Gary Harris is up there because I saw people saying his his uh, his contract was oh either playing this guy he's barely D league. I'm seeing like casual fans don't know who Gary Harris is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's one. You know what? I'm gonna say Paul George. Really? All right. Yeah. You know why? Because to me, Paul George is. Just on the cusp of being a really elite player. Yeah. But he he went and joined the MVP, and people were like, oh, they might win 48 games. They might win 49 games. Not much of improvement from last year. Paul George is really, really good. And he's showing some this preseason. Yeah. You know, he's scoring 20 on the easily, and, you know, just in the flow of the game. So, um, yeah, I think Paul George is really – it's almost criminally underrated. Him and uh, – not as bad as Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. So Paul Millsap to me is really underrated, but you know he just got his thirty million. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good call, man. I hadn't even considered Paul George, honestly. Yeah, yeah. The he, way people talk about him, dude, it's like yeah. they just act like he's just another guy. But he's really, really good, man. I don't, I don't know if people think he's just another guy. I think there was a lot of hype when he when he joined the the uh, the Thunder. I I think he might be slightly underrated. A lot of people have Jimmy Butler over Paul George, and I I get that argument. I, I like between those two guys, it's very, very close. Um, that's a good call. I, didn't, I hadn't thought about that. Mine, you're not going to believe it. And I just, I just got done roasting Devin Booker for not playing defense. My most underrated player is Damian Lillard. Oh, no, no. I, I'm with you 100%. I mean, listen, the scoring and playmaking ability, it's well documented, but the tenacity and the confidence with which that guy plays. It's just vastly underrated. I don't know if he's like a, a leader by voice, but he's definitely a leader on the court with the way he puts up those shots, the way he leads his team. He's just gritty and grindy, and he, dude, he takes a beating in the paint. He'll go to the paint. He doesn't care. He's a smaller guard, and he just goes to the rim. He can absorb contact. He can finish. He can shoot from anywhere, and he is like the backbone of that team. They they thrive when he's thriving. Um the problem is, like, he always gets overlooked because he's always on a team that has one other good player in C.J. McCollum. So I think he's criminally underrated. He should have been an all-star the last two years. I agree. That's been my guy, man. I love Dame, and I love. I hate the fact that he gets uh, – yeah, he gets overlooked, man. He does. He definitely gets overlooked when we talk about the best players in the NBA. He's just, you know, people, oh, all he does is score. And it's funny how much – how much teammates and situation matter because mm-hmm. him and Kyrie are very similar. Yeah. Well, uh, no, he, as far as look, they're both a little like, they're not big giant point guards. Right. We know. I think Dame has a little more size. Dame is a, Dame is a better, I think, a, well, not even a better shooter, not percentage wise, but he is a, has a quick and he's like more of a volume shooter from deep. Mm-hmm. He's not so much of a dribble, dribble, you know, show the world what I got guy like your boy uh, Kyrie is. That's fine. This, they're just different. Right. But so they're they're very similar as far as if if I ranked them as far as point guards, they'd be side by side in the rankings. Right. They're not up there with Russ and them, but they're not. No, they're good. Right. But but we consider Kyrie the superstar, and Dame is just this guy in Portland. You right. Know what I mean, right. It's part. That's what because, I mean about. Yeah. yeah. 
Go ahead. I was going to say it's partly because of where he is, where he's located, and we know that Portland never gets the attention that they really deserve a lot of the time. But the other part of it is, you know, he's had some average wing players around him. He hasn't had a big man until, like, the end of last year. And if you're surrounding a guy with a supporting cast that isn't going to get you much, we were just talking about how being a defensive player on the point guard position isn't as important as it is, as it is at your small forward and, and power forward and your your center position and if you don't have those guys on your team and they can't cover you for your off defensive you know deficiencies and mm-hmm. your, your team's not going to win and if you're not winning you're going to get overlooked and as sad as it is he's getting overlooked it just sucks dude because he had a career year last year <laughs> yeah if you look at if you look at his numbers man he like he had a, a historic offensive year last year it was great and nobody cares and my fear is that he's going to get snubbed again this year, even though... It sucks, dude. I know. They have Nurk, so I'm hoping that, like, Nurkic... Nurkic is a better defender than people give him credit for. He's not great, but he can, de- you know, protect the rim. Um, my hope is that if he has Nurkic there for the whole year, you know, their defense will take a step up. He'll have more guys around him that ac- actually can play, and he's going to get noticed. I'm hoping because I love Damon Lillard, even though he doesn't play any defense. But he does make his teammates better because he's that that guy. He's their engine. You know what I mean? I'll say this. If there is the, the closest thing offensively to Steph Curry in this league at point guard, it, it'd be Dame. Yeah. He I would, plays a lot like him, yeah. I would agree with that. Not, I mean, style-wise, no. I think of Dame as more of a, a wrecking ball. He is. Oh, and that's the, I think that's the thing. People don't understand how strong he is. Oh, he's so he's strong. A, yeah. He, and he's one of the league leaders in scoring off drives. People's like, oh, he doesn't shoot. If you look at it, he's one of the league leaders of point guards, among point guards, yeah. scoring on drives. Yeah, he he's, gets to the hole. He is fearless going to the rim. He will take all kinds of punishment. It it worries me. I worry that it's going to take its toll on his, his body. But, man, I love watching him play. I feel a little bit about Dame like I did about Iverson. Um, not Not a fair comparison, but they're both fearless going to the rim. Let me give you one more. One more prediction. This is an actual prediction. MVP, who do you got? Um, so I'll talk my way through it because so KD and Steph are gonna be up there, mm-hmm. but they're they're gonna cancel out. Um I think Russ's numbers are gonna come down some, mm-hmm. right? Because he has all this help now. Right. But I think he's he's still gonna be in the equation because I think he still might average like twenty five, like eight and eight or something. For sure. Um I actually think he might else? average over ten assists this year just by having okay. my, mellow th- and yeah. I think maybe 20, like, he might be more like the 24 than 24, uh, 7, and, like, 11 or something, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, I could definitely see that line. So, and let's say, I'll say if they they get up there and, and they finish second in the West, mm-hmm. then he has a he has a good chance still. Um, I think LeBron is going to be a little rejuvenated with, you know, Kyrie leaving, so he's going to be up there. But I think this might be Kawhi's year, man. I think this is he's going to be stellar offensively. He's going to probably put in the best offensive year. They're gonna win 55 games and you know be top three, top four in the in the West. I'll give it to Kawhi. All right, Kawhi is the hot pick. He's Bovado, I guess, has him at the uh, the 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 best odds for, or the I guess the worst odds. I don't I don't know how betting works. I don't bet, but he's number one. The be- that's the that's the best odds. Yeah. The best odds. Okay, followed by my guy at number two, which is LeBron. I'm giving it to LeBron. I think he's gonna get MVP because listen, he's 33 now, right? He's got yeah. everything to prove since Kyrie left. He wants to show the world that, like, look, listen, dude, I'm still the guy. I don't care if you couldn't hang. 
you know, I think part of it, in part, he's going to just try and go for the MVP just to show Kyrie up. He doesn't have a great supporting cast around him. I know a lot of people have said that, like, wow, the Cavs are really deep. They're not that deep, man. They're, you know, let me read you their roster. Hold on. I'll I'll cut some of this out. No, you don't have to read it to me. Let's talk about it. I know the roster. Let's go talk ahead. about it. I, I got it right here in my head. Okay. They got Jeff Green. Yep. They got Derrick Rose. Yeah. They got Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Uh, Shetty Oseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah's. Not, yeah. Tristan Isaiah. We don't know when Isaiah's coming back. Isaiah's yeah, not Thompson. coming back till January. Right. Kevin Love, who's really good. Jay Crowder, I think, is going to be big for them. Uh, this huge year. for them. Huge for them. Huge. Yes. But Shumpert. Mm, J.R. Smith. Who's? Did we mention J.R. Smith already? We did not. Okay, coming off the bench, which will be good. And Kyle Corver, Kyle Corver coming off the bench. Actually, maybe it's a little bit deeper than I gave him credit for. But still, no Isaiah for like half the season. So you're going to be starting Derrick Rose. And here's here's my argument. Even though their bench, actually their bench is pretty good. What am I saying? It's not bad. Nah. <laughs> I, it's, talk, so, I just no, talked myself so here, into it's, it. It's, it's just weird because they're deep, but then like they're high usage guys. Right. They they don't all fit. Like Right. Like Derek Wade are still going to put up decent numbers and against a lot of teams are going to look good. But what is their end game in, in, in Cleveland? The championship, right? Of course. <laughs> it's not just to look good in regular season. Right. But again, MVP is a regular season award. Right. So I, I'm bringing that up for no reason, I guess. No, no, it's, it's a good point. And here's the thing. I think that LeBron is probably going to get the best out of, I wouldn't be surprised if Derek Rose has a resurgence this year. I, I hesitate to say it because I don't really think Derek Rose is very good. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron gets the best out of him. And I wouldn't be surprised if because Jay Crowder is there, he can take so much of the defensive load off of LeBron's shoulders. And it's going to give LeBron time to rest and actually focus on the offensive end while still keeping their defense good. I think they're going to improve on defense dramatically this year from last mm-hmm. year. Kevin Love's going to be playing the center position, which I think is a, a more quick, natural quick fit for him. Quick question. Quick question. Why, why do you think they're going to improve defensively this year? No Kyrie. But they have Derrick Rose. Yeah, that's true. But they also <laughs> – but I think Jay Crowder. Jake, the addition of Jay Crowder, I think, is going okay. to help them tremendously. Okay. I, I, Honestly, I think – No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'll I mean, I think, I think that Derrick Rose is a little bit de- better on defense than Kyrie is. I think most people he, are – He was not. No? Good. He was really that he bad? not. Right. He was pretty bad. Well, still, they, they're going to have Dwayne Wade, who's not, you know, he's getting older. He's not as great on defense as he used to be, but he still will give you something. And I think that Dwayne Wade, the year, like last year's Dwayne Wade, I don't think is the Dwayne Wade we're going to see this year. I think we're going to see a resurgence out of Dwayne Wade. I think we're going to So uh, how many, how many players do you know get better as they get older? None. But still, there, here's. <laughs> I don't know. No, let's be serious. Because he started breaking down. He was breaking down when LeBron left. That's why Le- that's one reason LeBron left, right? Dwayne couldn't yeah, play absolutely. every night. Absolutely. So we're we're four or five years past that, bro. We're, like what? I I get it. We want him to be good, but let's. Yeah, I'm just kind of trying to be realistic here. No, you're absolutely right. But realistically, I think that like happiness goes a long way, and I think those two playing together is going to be fun for them and fun for the rest of us. Yeah, Dwayne Wade isn't going to give you much, and I won't be surprised when J.R. Smith is starting the rest of the season by midseason. Um, I would. Yeah, you don't think Dwayne? You think that would really like cause a fracture in the locker room or something? That's they've already announced. They made a point to come out and announce already that he's starting. And look, I, I get it. To a lot of that's a big deal to players. Yes, being a starter, being right? A they starter, don't want right. to. Yeah, I mean it's pride on the line. It's that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, that's fair. I still think that just like LeBron's not going to get. He's not getting any younger. He's not going to have many more opportunities to win MVP. 
And I think the voter fatigue is past. I think that he's going to put up his regular stats that he normally does. I mean, he might average a few more assists. Who knows? But I think that if this team wins like upwards of 55 games, you're not going to be able to overlook his his playing. You're not going to be able to overlook what he's done because the last year, like a lot of the a lot of the credit went to Kyrie, and right, I mean, you know, rightfully so. He he deserves some offensive credit, but they also horribly underperformed in the in the regular season last year, and I just don't see them doing that this year. I think they're going to come out on fire and they're going to take that number one seed and walk to the end of the season with it. I guess, man. It, this is this is what's so interesting about this season is that we have so many unknowns. We have no clue how this is going to play out. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. That's why we're doing this podcast. It's just a guessing game. Well, because I think a lot, again, guess what? LeBron James still understands I need to be rested for the playoffs. That's true. And he that, knows. So, so yeah, I, even if he plays like he, he was, he was great last year. Mm-hmm. He's going to play the same kind of way. He's not going to play defense. You know what I'm saying? So I just, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like now that he has Jay Crowder, it won't matter as much. He has somebody to actually take up the spot for him a little bit. Good th- point. Good and point. I think Kevin Love's better at, I think his natural position is, is center. And he's going to be able to like. What? You don't think so? You think he's better as a power forward? I mean, maybe it's well, not his Well, that's not his natural position. position. No. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Because again, right, it's like, Yoki. he doesn't defend. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> but he's he's a plus offensively where it's right, stop talking to me stop making sense <laughs> now, you make, now i'm gonna have to cut all this shit out so i don't sound stupid again just kidding you know i'm gonna leave it in <laughs> leave it leave it anyway james how's the game going i should i want to tune in for the last couple of minutes uh no you don't you're down no. almost 30 you're down almost 30 yeah <laughs> all right never mind no, no, you should watch it. You need to watch it. No, no, I can't. No, I can't you need do to watch it to myself. It. I can't do it. To hey, myself. um, so go ahead. Fultz, Any parting Fultz, thoughts? Uh, yes, they got to get Fultz back to his regular shooting motion. Oh, dude, what is going on with that? Is he shooting again? Like, like he's been the last couple of games tonight. His free throws were disgusting. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why they don't tell him stop doing that. You had a good shot in college. Uh, and I guess, you know, th- well, I guess the, the concerning part to me, how did Brett Brown wait till now to see this? You know, I guess they heard they're going to try to get it back to it. But like, how did you guys not witness this during all the rest of the workouts this summer? Well, I think Brett Brown was just saying that, like, you know, he's a young guy. He's coming in. He's trying to, to fine tune things and see what works for him. I, I would have been like, I would have smacked him in the back of the head and said, knock that off. <laughs> like, That's my whole point. How did you yeah. not see him doing this like in June and be like, hey, dude, seriously? Yeah, that. that We'll get you a shooting coach. This is not the way to do but it. But he didn't need a shooting coach. That was the thing. His shot was pure in college. He was he was like shooting at forty percent from three. I think. Well, here's the thing. He's a he's a scorer, not a shooter. So yeah. I was fine with anything he did. He was right? getting to the rim at, at will tonight. Yeah. So that was a good sign. He was finishing around the rim tonight. So that was a positive aspect of the the five minutes that you let me see before I had to jump on with you. <laughs> I mean, oh, we could have done this after the game, bro. Nah, nah, it's okay. I got to go to bed, dude. I got to work in the morning. Um, But yeah, man. Anyway, thanks again. Do you have any other parting things you'd like to say before we go? Or do you want to plug your stuff? Uh, B-Ball Breakdown is doing our top 50 players. The B-Ball Breakdown top 50. So that's fun. Keep out for that one where we give the profiles of all 50 players. Um, and keep an eye on me on your podcast. Don't be your new your new co-host. Pretty much, <laughs> I feel so. like a weekly thing. I know, and then find me on Twitter at Sandy Drippin and talk basketball with me. Awesome. All right, dudes. Thank you for hopping on. And um, yeah. Do you do you have any final thoughts? Um, let me see. My final thoughts are: I hate the Celtics. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm really angry that they're whooping my team again in the preseason. Um, no, it's it's fine. Uh, good for the Celtics and good for their their horribly racist fans. Oh, I can't stop taking shots. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> no, it's dude. It's like, uh, oh, did you announce? I guess so. You, you got Embiid got his full. Uh, he got oh, his. We talked his about it a little bit. Right? I think yeah, he's 148 million for five okay. years. Okay, and you. You feel good about that? They said like he with certain and if with certain incentives it'd be one seventy eight. Yep. Uh, Marcus Smart and his team came out and said they would love to stay in Boston, but they have not been contacted yet by the front office about his extension. Really? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you right now. I hate Marcus Smart on the Celtics, but I will take him in Philly any freaking day of the week. Yeah, that's about how people feel about him, right? If he's on yeah. your team, you love him. Yeah. He's not your team, you hate him. Exactly. Everybody needs a guy like that on their team. That's He's that guy. He's that guy. They just—he's like Dame, man. He's like you know, he just gives you that moxie. I hate to say moxie, but I don't know what other word to use for it. Leadership? I don't even know if it's no, leadership. It's no, just- dude. It you just keep saying moxie. You are a seventy-eight-year-old Italian, <laughs> Italian sports announcer. Mama so, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me tell you about this kid, huh? He's that little, kid's got moxie. He's got some moxie. All right. Anyway, we should go. This, this is falling apart quickly. Dude, thank you. Uh, hang on one sec. I'll just talk to you all for a second. It, it fell apart the moment you had me on. <laughs> As always. Well, there you go, everybody. James Holos, Snotty Drippin'. I find him on Twitter. And thanks again, James, for coming on. I'm sure we're going to do this again really soon. But I'll talk to you guys even sooner. Bye-bye.